On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive in and recap the Thunder's first preseason win of the year, beating the Nuggets 108-99. Darius Baisley has a phenomenal breakout game. Josh Giddy impresses yet again, including closing out this win for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Lou Dort catches fire from beyond the arc again. Almost every player on this roster has a phenomenal game. We're going to recap it all right here for the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, media member Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod and even email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Thunder win over the Nuggets in the preseason game number three of four. They have a back-to-back playing tonight in the BOK Center in Tulsa against these Nuggets again. This game was perfect. The Thunder got a great showing from Darius Baisley, a great showing from Josh Giddy, from Lou Dort, from Derek Favors. It was an incredible game to watch for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I want to thank you right now for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's start the way we always do, with our game overview in this game, Kendrick Williams was out with a toe injury. Vit was out with a visa issue. Amamadi Diaki has a hip fracture, so he is out for this game. There's no timetable to return, so he's also out for Thursday as well, ending his preseason and likely ending his run on the Thunder roster. Uh, sadly for him, if it was up to me, I would rather have Mamadi on this roster long term than some of these other players on this roster, but. Uh, it's easier to cut bait with Mamadi than someone else on this roster. Uh, Jamal Murray was out with an ACL injury. And then Jamichael Green was also out late as a late scratch with an ankle injury. Derek Favors starts at center next to SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Gideon, Darius Baisley. This marks the third uh, different starting lineup that we've seen so far this year in three games. Derek Favors gets his crack. The only position that's changed, though, so far is the center position. It's always been SGA. Lou Dort, Josh Gideon, Baisley. We saw Roby. We see it. We saw Jeremiah Robinson Earl. And now we've seen Derek Favors at that five position. Oklahoma City wins 108-99. They're not going to go winless in the preseason. If they would have gone winless, it would have been the first time in franchise history that they've gone winless in the preseason. So great to get that monkey off of their back. Of course, tomorrow, or I should say tonight on Thursday, the second night of back-to-back, the Thunder are not going to play uh, their regulars, but at least they got this win for themselves because the big story tonight is Darius Baisley. Uh, Darius Baisley has been kind of unfairly criticized a bit this preseason. I think that if you actually go back and diagnose the game film of the first two games, he's played a lot better than his box score showed. However, you have fans and even some analysts, you know, analysts out there that will criticize his game and uh, have, have ridiculed his game so far this year. When, the thing is that the noticeable jump from him has not shown up in the box score yet until tonight. And so tonight he got that box score success. And that's a big deal because it helps shape uh, the way that people view him and think about him long-term. So you want that box score success. And we saw that tonight with Darius Baisley. He had that those two brilliant coast-to-coast finishes uh, off those rebounds, pushing the pace on those rebounds, which I've been 
banging the drum for for over a year now about how you want Baisley in that position to get rebounds with his elite ability to get rebounds. You want him to be able to take those rebounds and go coast to coast and either finish at the rim himself, hit a pull-up three, or just facilitate and get you into your offense on the other end. It's such a benefit whenever you can have every player on your roster who gets a rebound not have to sit there and wait for a guard or somebody else to come get the ball from them. They can just push the pace. It's what Mark's been preaching since he got here. So uh, that is a big deal to see Baisley come through in that situation. He also had some great finishes through contact, which shows his aggressiveness. He had an amazing uh, creation for himself where he just kind of does like what you would imagine Steve Nash or Tony Parker doing, where they just kind of run around the uh, restricted area. And he found a way to just circle around Jokic in the restricted area and then seal him off and get a nice layup finish. He almost had a reverse dunk, which would have brought the house down. It goes two for two from three. Baisley finishes with a team high 16 points, two assists, eight rebounds on 62% shooting from the floor and 66% shooting from deep. You could not have asked more of Darius Baisley tonight. He was undescribably good in the sense of this is what you've always wanted from Baisley. This is the game. Whenever you envision Baisley's game long-term, this is what you would point to. A guy who can play make, a guy who can pass, who can dribble, who can create for himself and others, who can rebound at a high level and knock down shots. Perfect. And the Thunder used him a lot better this game. They let him run the floor after rebounds. They let him uh, you know, relocate off ball. They found him. They just sit him in a corner. They did a good job utilizing him in this game. I think that it's just a testament to Baisley because, again, he's had good games in preseason. Game one was good against the, against the Hornets. Game two against the Bucks was good, even though the team as itself was not a good, not a good game for the team against the Bucks. But the box scores weren't pretty. So whenever people are making their opinion only on the box score, you know that is going to lead the Thunder uh, fans and, and and people who judge the Thunder uh, to kind of go down the wrong path with basically. So it's nice to see him finally get that success in that category in terms of the box score. So. With Baisley's good game came Josh Giddy's good game. And Josh Giddy was just jaw-dropping tonight. Down the stretch, especially, he controlled the game. He controlled the tempo. Uh, he had a dagger three. goes one for two from three. shoots 60% from the floor. Uh, gets 14 points, a steal, six rebounds, and three assists. What Josh Giddy's able to do is impressive. Like, he is a blue-chip prospect. This is somebody who uh, you're going to want to pay attention to long-term, all season long. He has the it factor. He just plays the game with so much confidence. The ability that he has to finish at the rim at his size and at his frame level right now at 19 years old against NBA athletes is great. Also, the ability he has to have that floater aspect of the game, to pop up a floater and knock it down consistently, routinely. Having that floater as a threat is a ton of things. Number one, it's another avenue for him to score the basketball, which he's going to need. Number two, since he's such a great playmaker, if you ever pair him with a lob threat, you're going to have to be weary that this floater, okay, is this a floater? Is this a lob to the big fella down low? What is he trying to do with the basketball in the air? So he's unpredictable in that way. And again, it adds to that level of scoring as well. There are so many great things about Josh Giddey's game so far in the preseason that they feel undeniable. It does not feel like this is a situation where it is the preseason, so you shouldn't overreact, and it's just preseason basketball. This feels like a tangible improvement and intangible kind of um, traits and play style that you can think will translate throughout the entirety of his NBA career, his rookie season this year. And then we'll see in the offseason what he needs to improve on from there. But the shot looks good. It looks clean. It looks better than it did you know, even a year ago at this time, I think. As, as a non-shot doctor myself, it looks it looks good from the 
from the eye that I have uh, of NBA shots, I think that just the just the raw ability to control the pace and tempo at 19 years old, you know, 19 and two days old, whatever, whenever he turned 19 on, on Sunday, it's impressive and it's showing you why Sam Presti went outside the box here. It's weird to see some victory left right now. Look, everyone thought that that pick was going to be Book Knight or Kaminga or somebody other than Josh Giddy, and then it surprises you. And so whenever you have a surprise pick, you're going to have to deal with some draft night hesitations or criticism or whatever. It's like I told you on draft night. What Sam Preston did on draft night was not a microwave success. This was not going to get you the heaping praise in the moment. However, Sam Preston did not care about the heaping praise in the moment. He cares about the heaping praise in five years, in six years, and down the road. And so while you might not have seen that outpouring of success and in that outpouring of um, favoritism of, of your pick on draft night, you're seeing it now. Anyone who, who's watched the preseason for the Thunder are noticing why the Thunder selected Josh Giddy at six and making it a more respectable and good pick. And he's hoping that in the long term, this is going to pay off more so than drafting Kamingo or drafting Booknight, who's, who've both been, Booknight especially, has been good in the preseason. But Josh Giddy has shown you a unique ability. And there is just endless potential for his game offensively and defensively too. He had some really good closeouts tonight using his length and size and understanding how to close out the shot and how to contest NBA players and, and go around screens and work around screens without fouling uh, for the most part. Of course, he was hit with a few fouls tonight, four to be exact, which is a bit high, but whenever you play in twenty in 31 minutes as a rookie, you're going to expect some fouls on the perimeter. But for the most part, it's a good job of not fouling uh, from a possession-to-possession basis. It's, it's not like they came in a sequence of foul, 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 foul. So it's good to see Giddy play that well defensively especially whenever he has that just confidence and ability offensively. So you should feel really excited. No matter what you felt on draft night, right now, you should feel like the Thunder have just gotten themselves a blue-chip prospect next to Shea. And that's all you wanted on draft night. That's that's all you could have asked for on draft night. So it is a resounding success so far in Josh Giddey's rookie season. And I cannot wait to see what it does if he plays tonight. And then, of course, next week, whenever we start the regular season. Right now, I'm going to tell you about your friends over at Sweatblock. Sweatblock is incredible. Sweatblock is doctor created and doctor recommended. It works up to seven days per use. Dry shirt guaranteed. It keeps you dry or you get your money back. It's featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters. Bestseller on Amazon for 10 years. Over 13,000 reviews. And currently, number one on the Amazon antiperspirant category, manufactured in the USA. Wear what you want. It's your little secret to confidence. This is a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, everyone can be and get benefited from having Sweatblock. Make sure you use it today and use it by going to sweatblock.com and putting in the promo code locked on or going to Amazon and doing the same thing or CVS. Your local CVS can carry Sweatblock and you can get yourself this great item because we know how important it is to block out sweat, especially in this Oklahoma heat. So make sure you take advantage by going to sweatblock.com and using our code locked on. We're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to say right now, thank you for making us your first listen every single morning. And for your second listen, you should make it Josh Lloyd, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. He had a four-hour live Q&A palooza yesterday, which was just immaculate and had so many great tidbits for your upcoming NBA draft and, and fantasy drafts. You will not want to miss it. You get just set for your leagues. Go listen to that today.
Unlocked On Fantasy Basketball, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world, hosted by Josh Lloyd. Now, the next big thing was Lou Dort's three-point shooting. It's real. And I'm not sure at what point do we stop mentioning how real it is, because at some point it has to become routine. But the fact that Lou Dort's hitting contested threes at a high clip, and the fact that whenever the shots go up from Lou Dort out of his hand, you assume for the most part they're going to go in from three. It just continues to show the potential that this young player has. He's still very, very, very young. I said it before, but when the Thunder are cycling through all these young players at such a rapid pace, and you're getting to know new faces every single year, it feels like SGA and Dort and Baisley are these old cats. They're not old. They're still very young and still very um, much in their developmental stages. So we've seen Lou Dort add better ball handling as he came out of college that way as a point guard, better passing, and now much improved shooting. So he's added that to his game. I think that it's official to say he's been, he's added that three-point shot, especially when you look at last year's numbers as well, and you take out what I would call uncharacteristic threes. If you take out the threes that Baisley shot, that, that Dort shot last year, just simply because he was the only player out there, just taking wild shots that he would never take within the flow of an offense and, and on a team where he's surrounded by actual uh, talented NBA players. If you take away those shots that he had last year, his percentages go up even more. Look at his shots in the corners. His percentages go up astronomically. Like if you if you only look at the shots you expect him to take, he has shown a huge stride from three. And that's an area where he's a high-quality three-point shooter and an amazing jaw-dropping, earth-shattering defender. You know how hard it is to be such a good defender that even casual NBA fans, heck, even non-NBA fans, want to see your defensive highlights and want to see how you just lock somebody down? That's what Ludort has about his game. And so it leads into what we're going to talk about tomorrow with Richard Stamen in the morning. Where can he improve? And that's clearly at the rim. He's a really good free throw shooter. I'm not ready to say he's a good three-point shooter now, that, that he's gotten that three-point shot down. So good free throw, good three-point shooter. If he can find a way to improve at the rim, where he only shot like 51% last year at the rim, according to cleaning the glass. If he can convert at the rim from now on, that's a now three-level score that you have to feel great about considering all that he gives you defensively, not to mention his ball handling skills and, and passing skills in terms of keeping the offense flowing. His his ball handling skills and his passing skills specifically will not blow you away the way that Josh Giddey's passing skills do, but it will at least allow him to make the right read and make the right pass. And that's very valuable in and of itself, especially whenever you factor in everything else that Ludort does. His offensive ceiling is very, very high. It is still very high. And I cannot wait to see how it goes this season. The biggest uh, thing from a non-young player aspect is Derek Favors. As a, as a team, I think it's the biggest thing. Whenever you scope out from individuals and go strictly by the team itself, I think that the big story tonight was Derek Favors. What he did was awesome that starting group. He was automatic in the mid-range game, which he's going to open up, and it's going to open up for him based on just the pick and pop signal with Shea and also just Shea's gravity at the rim. Shea will get so much you know attention whenever he drives that – as soon as he gets past the elbow, people collapse onto Shea. And if you leave Derek Favors with the elbow wide open, he's going to knock it down nine times out of 10. He's great in that elbow area. So he was automatic from the mid-range, which helps SGA out a ton. And defensively, he was tremendous. Now, the, the Thunder want to play small. They envision themselves as a positionless you know, organization that will eventually get to a point where they're playing small ball five, with these six, nine playmakers in the five position that have to hold their own defensively. They want to get to that point. 
we've talked all week long that to get to that point, if you're going to give up such an advantage, you know, if you're going to put yourself at such a disadvantage on defense where it feels like no matter what the player does down low, as we see with Isaiah Roby, who, who stays in great position and contests Jokic's shot, but at 6'9", you can be in perfect position and Jokic scores over you. If you put yourself at that much of a disadvantage on defense, then you have to be perfect in every other aspect. You have to be perfect on the perimeter. You have to be perfect on your rotations. The Thunder are not perfect right now on their rotations because they're playing such young players. Defense is typically the last thing to come around to young players. So what Derek Favors does is it allows you to kind of reset everything, right? You can put Derek Favors in and he'll be a defensive anchor. He'll be able to defend the rim. He'll be able to clean up what happens on the perimeter for, for people who are driving into the lane and coming into the paint. And it allows your young players to figure out their rotations. There's a lot of times where we're seeing every player on this roster kind of rotate wrong, where there's an example with Shea, we've had examples with Roby, we've had examples with Jeremiah Robson Earl, with Darius Space, with Ludort, where they're rotating to a player who's already being defended, leaving a player wide open to where now there's miscommunication and a player wide open for three or wide open to just drive at the basket. And whenever you have a small ball five down there to drive into, it's as good as an open layup. So what Derek Favors allows you to do is mess up. He allows you not to have that pressure and the stress of being perfect. And in the meantime, you can you can start to feel more comfortable with those rotations. And then once you feel like you are good enough rotation-wise, then you can add back in that element of small ball and it feels a lot more comfortable and a lot better. So it allows you to kind of have training wheels on your perimeter defense. Whenever you're just looking at this from a defensive scheme standpoint, it will not be the small ball big that, that the Thunder would typically want long-term, but... He will allow them to eventually play that play style just based on having that comfortability to switch everything and to rotate well and to do all the necessary steps before you get to a full-on small ball look defensively. He had 10 points, five rebounds, and basically and favors. He strengthens and lengthens the lineup and the depth on this team because now you put him in that starting group and you've kicked JRE and Isaiah Roby to the second to the third group. And so that elongates your depth a bit for a team that's very shallow on depth uh, on this roster initially. So it's going to be very fascinating to see how this team handles that starting role. To me, it's clear that for as long as Favors is in Oklahoma City, he should be your starter. I think that it looked great out there with Favors as your starter. And you can still weave in there, Roby with the starting group and Jerry with the starting group as well. But for the most part, Favors playing with them was a very big success. Of course, SGA struggled to shoot the ball a little bit, but still goes nine, three, and four in this game, which is just uh, shows how great he is. And one of those assists was just an unfair spinning throw out to Baisley, who knocks down a triple. Incredible, the, the passing ability that Shea has. So I'm fascinated by this Thunder team. They're a fun team. Who do you think should start at the small ball five? Let us know on Twitter at Rather underscore Styles in the YouTube comments, or of course, if you don't have YouTube or email, just shoot us an, shoot us an email at lothunderpodishman.com. So we're going to dive into Trey Mann, Pogoshevsky, Aaron Wiggins, Gabriel Deck, Jeremiah Robson Earl, and Isaiah Roby all coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now, our good friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is your online sportbook experts. They're back and better than ever, and all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for yet another football season. As always, BetOnline is your one spot for pro and college football action this season. With new updated site and interface and even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or even use your mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Do not forget to use our code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. 
from football, basketball, baseball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage right now on this amazing offer for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and best way to bet on all of your favorite sports, but online where the game starts. We're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. So I want to dive into Trey Mann, who had some crafty finishes and just was awesome at figuring out ways to hunt shots and get his shot off. Goes one for four from three, scores 12 points, three rebounds, and some nice defensive moments for him, which was a step ahead of where we thought he would be defensively. And again, like I said in the last game, Going one for four for Trey Mann is great from three. And I don't mean that in terms of percentages because it's not about percentages. Of course, you'd rather him make more shots than one whenever he's attempting four. What I mean by that is for Trey Mann this year, it is simply about the process over the results. So we all understand Trey Mann will knock down threes eventually. He's a really good three-point shooter, like really good at shooting threes. So if he goes one for four tonight, I don't care. He went one for five on Sunday. I don't care. He could go one for seven on next Wednesday against the Jazz. I don't care, right? It's about him getting more comfortable against NBA defenses. The shot will come. The shots will fall. And one of these nights here, either tonight against the Nuggets again, or next Wednesday, or in three months from now, he'll make four threes, or he'll make five threes or six threes in one game, and we'll be left with our jaws on the floor. It's going to come from him. He's that good of a shooter. So figuring out how to time up his three-point shot against NBA defenses is the most important part. And you can only do that by getting live NBA reps, against live NBA defenses, and getting your shot off. And, and so you're going to realize, hey, I sped that one up too much. He didn't close out as fast as I thought he would. Or, hey, I kind of took way too long on this one and let him gain a ton of ground on me. And what was an open three now turned into a contested three. Just figuring out those little details for these first couple of months is the biggest part of his game. Because we all know he is a capable shooter and that he can knock down shots, and he will knock down shots. So I am impressed just by his ability to keep shooting and to find out what works for him and what doesn't work for him. And again, still scoring 12 points in this game was very good. Pokashevsky had two game-sealing blocks against Denver, and the Denver Nuggets put their starters back in this game to try to win this game at the end. Uh, And Pokashevsky had two great game-sealing blocks, five rebounds, but again, only scores for two points and one of seven from uh, the field. Another bad offensive night from Pokashevsky, but he did other things very well. And even on shots that he didn't get a block per se, he used his link to perfection in terms of contesting shots defensively. The strives we've seen him make so far uh, in this season has been defensively. He's been a good defender uh, for his skill set this preseason. Now, Mark talked about it. The difficulty you're seeing from him is that this team's totally different from last year. And he's playing with a lot more creators and playing a lot more off ball to where He's got to adapt to that. He's got to adjust to that. And so we'll see how that ends up going. Give a huge shout out right now to Aaron Wiggins. Aaron Wiggins is a great 3 and D player. He only has five minutes in this game, comes in, does his job, and knocks down uh, the lone three-point attempt he gets in this game. And I know that on the box score, it doesn't look impressive, right? Five minutes, one for one, who cares? It is incredibly hard to sit on the bench until the last five minutes of the game, come in, be ready to shoot, ready to knock down shots when you shoot and also be crisp defensively and just be warmed up and able to stay in front of NBA athletes. I, I tr- try to, you know, cool off your body from, pre- from pre-game warmups or halftime warmups, cool off your body and then get right back into the, the, the fire for the first time all night and have to stay in front of 
Denver Nuggets starters. This was not bench players. This was not end of rotation guys. The Nuggets played their top guys to close this game out, trying to get the win. And Wiggins played very, very well. I think that Wiggins just has that factor, that it factor about him where I, I said on Twitter, I'm saying the over-under at March 1st, and I'm taking the under, that he'll be on this NBA roster on an NBA standard contract by March 1st. I think that he's has that kind of talent, and we'll see him more tonight, obviously, because if you're not going to play your regular guys, you're going to have to play somebody else, which would be Aaron Wiggins and Paul Watson Jr. and uh, these players like DJ Wilson. Uh, so we'll see him a lot tonight. We'll see him more at the blue, and eventually he will have cracked the rotation. Gabriel Deck was also great in 13 minutes. He, he had a stellar night of just simply playing his role. Dak is a consistent player. He's steady Eddie. You know what you're going to get from him. You're going to get a good defensive player who can make all the right rotations and can play the passing lanes very well. He can stay in front of his man. You're going to get a solid offensive player who makes the right reads and doesn't do too much. It's not was not flashy. Is not going to be a highlight real player, but he's simply going to do his job on both ends of the floor. It's also very hard to wait till the final 13 minutes into the game and do that so well. And even had a very huge steal that could have also uh, saved the game, kind of changed the momentum a bit. Now, Isaiah Roby and JRE will close with them. They were impressive as well. And the Thunder did exactly what I wanted them to in the pregame. Whenever whenever defending Jokic, Roby and JRE can stay in front. Roby specifically has shown that over the course of two years now. You can stay in front of Jokic. You can contest every shot. But it does you no good to contest shots when you're 6'9 on Jokic. It just doesn't. He's going to score over you as he did on, on times tonight. The adjustment that they made, I loved whenever they started gambling more and they just started playing the passing lanes. And you know what? At this point, you're going to score over me even if I'm in textbook positioning. So it doesn't matter if I give you a wide open look or if I'm in textbook positioning, you're going to score. Why not just try to play the passing lanes, get the steal, and in the possession? And so whenever they made that adjustment, you saw life get a bit harder for Jokic and you saw Gabriel Deck get that steal that changes all the momentum and helps you win this game. Creases and wins do not matter. But as an example of, of how they changed their strategy defensively to really benefit their team, because again, it doesn't, he's going to knock down shots over your head. It doesn't matter. Uh, Jeremiah Rapsarell was very good as well. I, I think that with JRE, he's a good creator for his size. He's really good at relocating and cutting off ball. He has six points, five rebounds off the bench. Isaiah Roby was good in this game as well, defended Jokic very well. Two for four from three, four for 10 from the floor, 14 points, seven rebounds, two assists, and a steal. And I wonder. And of course, I don't think they're ever going to know the real answer to this, but I wonder if Jeremiah Robinson Earl's willingness to shoot the three ball has really kind of rubbed off on Isaiah Roby because it's natural as competitors to realize, hey, I'm kind of I'm kind of going up against this guy. Even though it's my teammate and I love him and I'm going to have his back. He's my teammate. He's my guy. But in the long run, me and him were in competition for kind of playing that same role in this team. And his real advantage for Jeremiah Robinson Earl so far has been the fact that he's a willing three-point shooter. He's willing to shoot when he's open. And that helps your offense tremendously. And tonight, while you saw Roby passed up a few open looks, he did shoot the ball more and looked like he wanted to shoot the three more. So it was two for four from three. Again, there was more opportunities. He could have gone like, he could have shot at least like two more times and be wide open. We would have liked to see that from Roby himself. But he did shoot more and you like to see that from Roby. And maybe the friendly competition has pushed Roby to shoot more. Uh, now coming into tonight, the Thunder had the second uh, highest three-point frequency in the NBA. 51.2 of their shots were from three-point land, which is second in the league behind the Warriors at 54.6% of their shots being threes. Last year, the Thunder were 14th in three-point shots uh, frequency. Tonight, the Thunder shot 34 times from beyond the arc. That was their lowest output 
of the preseason. 47 against the Hornets, 54 against the Bucks, and then, of course, 34 against the Nuggets being the lowest for the Thunder. So something to keep an eye on. The Thunder likes shooting threes. Uh, we'll see how that trends in the regular season. It's natural in the preseason to shoot more threes than you typically will in real season. So just something to keep an eye on moving forward. Those numbers, of course, courtesy of cleaning the glass. The money ball pick for me was SGA. The right answer a few of you got was Lou Dort, who made three of them. The MVP of the game, Darius Baisley. Credit to Darius Baisley. I could rave and rave and rave about Darius Baisley, but this was it. All the talking about how good he can be, about his potential, about how he fits perfectly with what the Thunder want to do with positionless basketball. All that talk, you just direct him to this game right here. And hopefully he can build on this, duplicate this, and be consistently this type of player and this kind of player. Now, as a reminder, uh, Mark made it clear that the regulars will not play Thursday. Uh, probably not at all, but especially not their regular workload. So keep an eye on that if you're going to watch the game tonight. Uh, Friday morning, you're going to hear me and Mavs draft, uh, Richard Stamen on Twitter, uh, on the NBA draft, the top games to watch for in college uh, basketball, and also what every young player on this roster can improve on uh, and can kind of work on this year so you can track along at home while you're watching the Thunder at what we're looking for them to improve at, like, for example, Lou Dort finishing at the rim. So that's what you're going to get Friday morning for your normal, typical uh, midnight pod drop. And then Friday afternoon, you have a bonus podcast, which is just me breaking down the second game against the Nuggets, which will happen tonight at the BOK Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So thank you for making Locked on Thunder your first listen every single morning. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles for your second listen. Go check out Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Until tomorrow, for a two-podcast day, be good and be good to one another.